Good morning. We welcome each of you to our Palm Sunday service. We're glad that you're here for worship. There are two ways that you can live into the gospel today. One is by making a donation to the One Great Hour of Sharing. This is a campaign of the larger church, PCUSA. It is described in your bulletin insert today. If you'd like to donate, you can use envelopes that look like this. They are in the pews, and you can add them to the offering plate later in the service. Also today, you can be a part of the offering of letters. This is sponsored by the Bread for the World organization. On this form, you can communicate with your elected officials on the issue of hunger. These are available in the commons. Today, following this service, we're having a celebration of the Miller Center and the Tower, these two very beautiful and important parts of our historic building. The Miller Center was the second sanctuary of Montview Boulevard Presbyterian Church. Our wonderful Heritage Committee has many um, pictures to share and has much to tell you about that part of our building, and there will be refreshments. Again, that follows this worship service. I'd like to point out a few things about our schedule of services for Holy Week. For the Monday Thursday evening service and for our evening service on Good Friday, childcare will be provided. Also, it will be provided on Easter Sunday at both services. We worship at 9 o'clock and at 11 that day. And between those two identical services, we'll have our Easter tea and a craft fair for the children. Our adult education program resumes on April 8th with a very important series entitled Eco-Theology and Beyond. It is described in your insert today, and again, it begins on April 8th. Now, let us stand as we are able for the call to worship. Humble and riding on a donkey, acclaimed by crowds and caroled by children, moving from the peace of the countryside to the corridors of power, we salute you, Christ our Lord. With heart and voice, we shout, Hosanna. Now, please lift your palms and turn to the center aisle so they can be blessed.
we begin with our confession. Each week we stand together, we speak together, we hold silence together in community and faith. With one voice we now say, loving God, it is so much easier in here, surrounded by others and strengthened by song and prayer to offer our hosannas like crowds of Palm Sunday, we can't help but shout our praise. But soon we will go our separate ways, and tomorrow we will struggle to recall you as we make our way in a world that tempts us to forget who we are and to whom we belong. So keep us close and strengthen us to follow Christ Jesus through this holy week, and through this holy world. Amen. St. Augustine is credited with saying that God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. We are not our mistakes, our failures. We are not our struggles. We are not what we regret. We are children of God, created for love and forgiveness and compassion. We can forgive ourselves. We can forgive one another. We can forgive the wounds we have caused we can forgive the wounds we have received and together move closer to God. This is our prayer. Amen. We live in a violent world. Gun violence, domestic violence, the violence of crimes and war. And as people of faith, we are called to work against this violence. We are called to speak and to act, bound in the spirit of love, joy, peace and patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. We are called to work here and now, and in all the places we go and all the time we spend beyond these walls. We are people of faith. We believe in the peace and love of God. Please share these now.
morning, everyone. I brought something to show you today. Do you have a guess what this building is called? A castle. It sort of looks like a castle, doesn't it? Actually, this is a model of the Second Temple. It was a place where the Jewish people worshipped, and it was in Jerusalem. All of the people of that faith wanted to come to this temple in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover holiday. And when they came into Jerusalem, who came in riding on a donkey? Who was it? Yes, and what did the children do? Do you have your palms? They waved their palms on that day when Jesus rode into the temple or into Jerusalem. So today we have palms and we're waving them because that's what happened in the story of Jesus that we know from our Bible. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for Jesus and we pray that we will follow him into this week and hold him in our hearts. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Let's pray together the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Come to us, open our hearts and minds so that we may hear your word of life and be renewed by your power. Amen. Our first lesson is Psalm 118, 22 through 29. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. O Lord, we beseech you, give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. The Lord is God, and he has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Listen to the voice of the Spirit speaking to the church. Thanks be to God.
Thank you, Timbrels. Thanks, Craig. Our second lesson is from the Gospel of Mark this morning. We're in the 11th chapter, the first 11 verses. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. And as they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing, untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus, and they threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. May God add a blessing to our understanding of the scripture this morning. Our six-week preaching series on the Psalms draws to a close today, and by now we can see how it prepares us for the week ahead as we move from the orientation of Palm Sunday to the disorientation of Good Friday to the new orientation of Easter morning. So today I'd like to look more closely at this holy week ahead of us and using our pattern one last time to illuminate the ways that God comes to us and changes us and saves us, sometimes in ways that we did not expect and maybe do not want. We begin with today, Palm Sunday, a day pregnant with expectation. As Jesus approaches Jerusalem, the crowd swells around him for as long as they can remember. They have been under the thumb of the Roman Empire. Overtaxed and overworked, the Jewish people are tired and disheartened. But still, in our schema, they are living in a period of orientation. Because even though they they find things hard, they are also steady. They know what to expect, even if they can't expect much. Being no match for the... Pax Romana of the empire. They have resigned themselves to life as it is and have entertained little hope that things could change. That is, until now. Some of them had seen, some had just heard of this man, Jesus, of the miracles he had performed, of the daring words that he had spoken, words of a new kingdom, a new vision for how life could be. And so they lay down their palms and their coats for an impromptu parade into Jerusalem, and they called out to him, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. That that phrase, Hosanna, it has its origin in Psalm 118 that we read, verse 25, where it says, Save us, we beseech you, O Lord. Hosanna means save us. And by the time of Jesus' day, it had become a common blessing or greeting, something akin to maybe what we would say, God be with you, or Lord have mercy. Hosanna. So the people are calling to Jesus to save them. They imagine, they, they pray that this miracle man will turn over not just the tables, tables in the temple, but the economic and the political tables that have for too long been stacked against them. Perhaps, though, they should have seen it as a sign of things to come, though, when 
Jesus, quote, entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And where he, when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, went out to Bethany with the twelve. In other words, amid great fanfare, Jesus enters Jerusalem and enters the temple, looks around, and goes to bed. It was their first clue that this week might not go the way they had hoped. And we too go through times when we cry out to be saved. We too have places in our lives where we feel trapped and stuck, where we feel forces pushing in on us. We pray those forces would be crushed like the Roman army. And the story of Holy Week is our own clue that the God we want may not be the God we have and the salvation that we want may not be the kind we get. Jesus is a devastating disappointment to the crowd. Having spread the word of him throughout the country, having cheered his triumphal entry, having pinned their hopes on him, he does nothing. There is no rebellion. There will be no revolution. And imagine what it must have been like, especially for the disciples who have given up everything to follow this man, to watch him be arrested and beaten and crucified like a common criminal. Imagine the disillusionment of watching as the Romans taunted him, crowned him with thorns, and nailed a sign over his bloodied head, the king of the Jews. Here's your king, they say. Here's the one who came to save you. Their Palm Sunday dreams were left trampled in the dirt. Their hopes for a better life left to rot in a tomb. And they plunged from orientation to disorientation. They fell from the mountain that we talked about last week. They were brought low, pulled down into the dirt, the humus, the humility of despair. But it was there, as it always is, at the point of complete darkness and defeat, that their true faith was put to the test. It's easy to have faith on Palm Sunday. It's easy on Easter morning when the sanctuary is full. Real faith is tested in between. Real faith is what we believe in when there's nothing left to believe in. Because it's in the dark, in the dirt, where we begin to meet God as God is, not as we want God to be. And it's there that we can start a path to a different kind of salvation, a salvation we could not have imagined or planned on our own. The disciples could not have imagined that one day the tomb would be empty. Early Christians could not have dreamed that they were starting a new faith religion. The Parkland, Florida high school students could not have predicted that they would shift the conversation of a country. This is the power born in the dark, in the dirt, in the tragedy. Here's a poem called Blessing of Mud. Lest we think the blessing is not in the dirt. Lest we think the blessing is not in the earth beneath our feet. Lest we think the blessing is not in the dust, like the dust that God scooped up at the beginning and formed with God's two hands and breathed into with God's own breath. 
lest we think the blessing is not in the spit, lest we think the blessing is not in the mud, lest we think the blessing is not in the mire, the grime, the muck, lest we think God cannot reach deep into the things of earth, cannot bring forth the blessing that shimmers within the sludge, cannot anoint us with a tender and grimy grace, lest we think God will not use the ground to give us life again, to cleanse us of our unseeing, to open our eyes upon this ordinary and stunning world. Isn't that beautiful? That's Jan Richardson reminding us that there is a power in the dark ground. It is the power of the dirt, of the dark, of the divorce, of the illness, of 17 innocent lives lost, because that is where God does the work of resurrection and brings forth the blessings that lie shimmering in the sludge. Blessings that cannot come to us on high. Gifts we cannot recognize in the light. Next Sunday, this sanctuary is going to be packed. The chancel will be full of lilies. The organ will be back at full force after its recent restoration. How's that for timing? The children will look adorable, and even you will take your sartorial style to the next level. <laughs> I'm expecting great things from some of you. But I hope we don't show up too well scrubbed next week, lest our pastel palettes obscure the fact that Easter's sunrise was born in the dark and in the mud. Perhaps we might imagine each other next week with a bit of mud still on our faces, dirt under our fingernails, and our eyes still adjusting to the light. For Easter is more meaningful for those who have spent time in the dark, for those who have lost things and broken things and have doubted the morning would ever come. Easter is a new orientation best understood by the defeated because the victory, victorious do not need Easter. They do not appreciate Easter. They still worship a God who will save them. But God does not save us, not the way we think. Life is not so simple. God is not so simple. Life will defeat us, and in that defeat we will be saved. That's the Paschal mystery. That's the gospel. That's the good news. So let us take courage and have faith as we enter again this most holy week of the year. This week that will take our Palm Sunday dreams and turn them to dust. And with that dust will save us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Let us join our hearts in prayer. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And we cry out, save us, Lord. Save us from ourselves and the ways that we live that lead to death and away from life. We anticipate victory over the forces of death that we know to be part of the Easter season of new life and new beginnings. But when the crowds have all gone home, we shrink back into our comfortable lives, seeking to avoid the difficult journey that we know lies ahead. We want to move from the exuberance of palm waving to the triumph of Easter. But apart from the crowds, we are forced to come face to face with our own questions, our own confusions, our own doubts, our own fears. We are stung and stirred by the images of children around the world lining the streets calling for and longing for change so that their lives will be saved. They are like living stones crying out for a transformation of our collective heart and mind, and we carry the burden of responsibility. Help us to respond to their shouts of save us. Give us courage to hear your voice in their voice. In the quiet of this time together, O God, we seek to listen in a special way. We seek the courage to walk with Jesus all the way to the cross. We seek your strength in facing trials of our own lives and of those we love. Be with those whose energies are sapped by sorrow, whose bodies are bent with grief. Be with those who are scorned by their neighbors and who are cast aside as having no value. Be with those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit and give hope to the hopeless. Teach us by Christ's example that when darkness and difficulty come over us, we gather our friends around us and share our love without restraint. In sharing our love, we are healed and made whole. Open us to the depths of the hidden mystery of this week. Let us feel your presence and forgiveness even when we betray, deny, and run away. Sustain us and lead us from denial to affirmation and from death to life. We entrust ourselves once again to your unfailing grace. And we continue praying with the words Jesus taught his disciples, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Again, welcome to Montview Church and a special welcome to those of you who are first-time worshipers. We invite all of you to sign the friendship pad. It's on the inside of the um, aisle, on the pew there. Pass it along the row and make sure to greet one another by name. As we celebrate Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and into our lives, we offer gifts of expression of our gratitude of our lives and all we've been given. Let us receive the morning offering.
With one voice we give thanks for these gifts, saying, God, you have so greatly loved us, long sought us, and mercifully redeemed us. Give us grace that in everything we may yield ourselves, our wills and our works, a continual thank-offering to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> 